Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. I'm not shutting anything down. I'm just flowing along with it. Matthew 6 verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I'd like to preach for a few moments this morning on the power of your priorities. The power of your priorities. I know we've just prayed for a few moments. I'd like to just funnel our attention to the word for a few more minutes. Pastor Woodward is with Brother Joel Urshan in Cincinnati, Ohio this morning. Our prayers with him. Pray the anointing of God on his ministry there today. But I feel an unction from the Lord here in this room. And I wonder if you just pray along with me. Don't, don't, don't let it just be a, a quiet, get ready to hear the preacher prayer. I wish someone would just take authority over something right now and just let the Holy Ghost speak for a few moments. Would you make it a personal prayer? I'll, I'll lead from here, but you can lead from there. You got to lead yourself for a moment. You got to lead your life in this moment. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that you create in these moments that we have together. Got an opportunity to be in your presence with your people. So Father, right now I ask that you would, God, every element of discouragement, I pray that it would be removed. I ask, Father, that every part of somebody that's pushing back against what you're trying to present to them, I, I pray right now, God, that they would allow their will to submit to yours. And God, that our prayer would become, thy kingdom come, let thy will be done. God, today, in this place, right now we ask God your kingdom is greater what a greater kingdom God your kingdom more powerful we release our kingdom let it fall let it become dust under our feet but God let your kingdom grow let your kingdom prevail let your kingdom come in this room let it grow let that element of your kingship rule and reign in this room we pray in your name in Jesus name would someone speak the name of that king of kings for a moment in Jesus name we pray amen and amen you may be seated thank you for just pushing through for a few moments this morning it's so important and so very powerful <clears throat> there's a great deal of power in how you prioritize your life a life out of order is a life of chaos and a life of confusion. With so many paths to pick, everybody needs a moral map encoded into your brain to make the right moves. Your life compass needs to be magnetized by the moral compass of the Word of God to allow you to have the right directive and assume the right directions. I don't know if you notice or not, but just one element, just one degree in the wrong direction doesn't mean a whole lot if you're just traveling a few meters. But if you intend on walking with God the whole way, if you intend on going the whole route, if you intend, every part of you intends to make it, then you need to be certain and you need to be sure that your life shoots true north, that your compass is reading correctly. And, and, and there's elements that God brings into our life, into our daily lives that allow us the privilege of being sure that we are on the right track. Does anybody know what it's like to get off track? 
Anybody, anybody grateful that we've got <coughs> GPS on our phone now? I, I, I do remember it was like 2007, 2008 when we first got our, our, G, our personal GPS. Little plug in the, actually if you go back, I think in, in the early 2000s when I first got a laptop, I bought this little uh, Microsoft GPS and you downloaded the maps on your laptop and, and then you plug this USB uh, sensor on, into your laptop and, and you could take that on a trip. I, I remember when Kath and I were, were going to Toronto for this one trip, we, I downloaded all the maps. I don't know how long it took and, and this is going way back. I'm showing my, showing my age. And I remember that I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world that we could pull up these maps and, and that I would have the opportunity of going on a trip and not getting lost. I thought. But sometimes with so many, what ended up happening is we ended up getting into the city and, and then the, the skyscrapers eclipsed the GPS's ability to read where it was. So when you needed it the most, you didn't have it. In, in the most important times, you were going in the wrong direction. And, and, uh, and, and it may just be Toronto, but I'm telling you what, you could get turned around really quick in that city. You, you get turned around, and, and before long, you're, you're meeting yourself coming, and everybody's honking their horn, and you're trying to figure out, you're like, just get me out. Just get me back to Fredericton. Get me back to where five minutes is traffic jam. Get me... I know you're, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody in the room knows what I'm talking about. I, I, you can get off track so simply. So it's very important that our daily activity, that our, our intention and our focus is to allow God's compass to become our roadmap. To allow the moral compass of God's word to lead our daily activity. To lead our daily route, if you want to say it that way. So that, so that we are going in the right direction from the very moment. That we start not off in the wrong direction. Been there, done that. If you'll notice the simplest things, just something as simple as our service order. It's like a funnel. We all fellowship together. We get here and, and we kind of greet one another. Greet one another in the parking lot. We greet one another in the foyer. We come into church and we're chatting back and forth with, with one another. There's fellowship that happens. But, but this is deeper than fellowship. I'm grateful for that. That's the beginning of the funnel. But then we, we come into service and we, we open with prayer. We open with a worship song. And, and God begins to direct us. And God begins to order us. And God begins to bring our priorities into focus. Because let's be honest, when we get here on Sunday morning, often our minds are going in a million different directions. We're thinking about Monday. and we're thinking, As a matter of fact, too often we, be, we begin to think that Sunday is the last day of the week. It's not. Sunday is the first day. Of the week. I, I, I know that on our calendars, on our, on our computers, we can tell it which day we want to begin the week with. I'm going to guess that most people that work in the business world, Monday is the first day of the week. That's not the way it is for an apostolic. The reason we gather together on Sunday, the reason that we're here in this room is because Saturday was the last day of the week, but Sunday is the first day of the week. So this is our priority. We want the whole world to know. I want Jack Lehman to know when he looks in the mirror. This is the first things first. The first thing that, that we've got to prioritize in our life is the opportunity that we have to get together. The opportunity that we have to worship together. The very fact that we can gather under this roof and we can put a sign on the front lawn and 
declare that a Pentecostal church meets here in this room. That's a privilege that we have in our nation, and I don't want to take it for granted. I want to be grateful for the opportunity that we have and the fact that we get together. It isn't just motions. We're not just, just going through some system or some element of rules or order of service. This is, this is an apostolic church service. We get to entertain the presence of God. It may start with a song, but I tell you what's happening. We're bringing our heart in focus. We're bringing our mind in focus. We're beginning to seek him with all of our heart. That search begins in those moments. Uh, if we're going to follow our own path, then we're going to get off on the wrong track. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the, the end thereof are the ways of death. And if you didn't get it the first time in chapter 12, Solomon, chapter 14, verse 12, Solomon reiterates it in Proverbs 16, verse 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We will lead ourselves down the path of death if we're left to ourselves. And the scary thing about that verse is that we think it's the right way. Blissfully unaware. Personal GPS on the dash. Driving with eyes wide shut. It seems right. No, I'm going the right way. It seems right. But the end thereof are the ways of death. When we go our own way, it's going the wrong way. When it seems like the right way, but we're leading ourselves, we're going the wrong way. It seems like we're doing the right thing, but I've got to declare we're going the wrong way. That's why it's important that we allow our path to begin from the very beginning of our days to seek first the kingdom of God because something, hey, he told us to pray that way. Not my kingdom come, but thy kingdom come because something happens when we take ourselves off the throne and we put God on the throne something occurs in our spirit and something occurs in our life God begins to bring direction God begins to bring order God takes chaos and brings comfort in the middle of it all that's what happened when we allow his kingdom to come in our life we all like sheep have gone astray we've turned everyone to our own way that's why God said that he laid on him Jesus the iniquity of us all because when we go our own way we go the wrong way Unless you intentionally seek to find the will of God, you will pick the wrong path. I understand we all have requirements. I'll, I'll move quickly because, man, we, <clears throat> we broke through some things in the, the first part. My first 10 minutes, you all were just breaking through barriers. So, so let, me, let me move through some things a little bit quick here, if that's all right. Will you listen fast if I talk fast? I wasn't expecting that much laughter. <laughs> I, I, th I think you're more excited about the fast part. Here we go. Ready? We all have requirements. We all have responsibilities in the natural and in the supernatural. But scripture gives us the necessary insight. It's not God's will for us to be waffling back and forth. He expects us to care for the things in the natural and the supernatural but he gives us the instruction as to the order it needs to happen in in Matthew 6 verse 31 he's speaking to the people he said therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed those are all things that we need thank you for being clothed this morning <laughs> for after all these things do the Gentiles seek 
For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all of these things. Everyone say, he knows. God knows what you need. But then scripture went on, and this is our text. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. There's something powerful that happens in the heart of a seeker. God seems to honor those that seek him. There's something about God that loves the fact that he is being sought after. The psalmist said it like this, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 119, he said, with my whole heart have I sought thee, oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. There's power in seeking after God. The psalmist went on in Psalm 27. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foe, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war, somebody needs to hear that this morning. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after someone say seeking seeking him that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the lord and to inquire in his temple there's something about seeking him with the right motive because it's possible that you can seek him with the wrong motive there 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 is something about the intention of your heart your attention can get captured by what benefits come from being blessed by god your attention can get captured because of what you see around you by those that have been blessed by God's abundance in their life. And all of, if we're not careful, we can get focused on the creation and not the creator. The stuff. We can get focused on things instead of him. It happened in John chapter 6. It says that in verse 24, they came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. Everyone say the right thing. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, verse 25, they said unto him, Rabbi, whence camest thou hither? Now Jesus knows their heart. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which, that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. They came with the right motive. They were seeking the right person but they had the wrong purpose. They came to seek him, but he saw through the veneer. He saw through the action. He saw through the act. That, that's why it's important for us, even though we're all here, you say, aren't you preaching to the choir this morning, Pastor Jack? I say, yes, I am. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm going deeper than that. I'm preaching to the staff this morning. I'm going deeper than that. I'm preaching to the rest of the pastors in the room. I'll go even deeper than that. I'm preaching to the man in the mirror this morning. I'm preaching to all of us because we can all get out of focus. We can all come and we can appear to be seeking the right thing, but our heart can be far from the right, come on, from the right thing that we absolutely need, the right one that we need to be searching. We shouldn't be searching the things. We should be searching for him this morning. We should be. We can get off track. Second Chronicles tells us an interesting story of unredeemed potential. His name was Rehoboam. He just happened to be the son of Solomon. 
He had been nurtured by the wisest man in the world. His grandfather was David. His lineage was star-studded. He was a kingdom kid. And 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 24 tells us that he knew how to hear the voice of God. And not only that, he knew how to heed the voice of God. Scripture tells us that he knew how to stand for God. All the tribes of Israel had abandoned his kingdom with the exception of Judah. But he still stood. Rehoboam was a good man. He did the right thing. He knew how to protect his people. He built walls of fortress for them. He knew how to lead his people. Scripture states us that he dealt wisely with them. While Rehoboam's counterpart, Jeroboam, celebrated with false festivals and artificial altars, Rehoboam was still in possession of the genuine. Second Chronicles 12, verse 13 says, He reigned Jerusalem for 17 years, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. Rehoboam possessed the greatest potential for revival in all of Israel. He had it. Everybody could look at him and say, Wow, that most promising individual. He was successful in his construction. He had given his people strong direction. But he lacked in one area, scripture tells us, in one area of preparation. Verse 14, even though he had all this opportunity, it says, and he did evil. Why? Because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. He prepared his heart not to seek the Lord. Somewhere along the road, somewhere along the way, Rehoboam got sidetracked. Somewhere along the way, Rehoboam got off center. Somewhere his compass just got, got a little bit off to the left of, or the right of, of north and, and he began to, to head down the wrong path and, and all of a sudden he's no longer seeking God but he's seeking, seeking the best for his kingdom or the best for himself or the best for his family. And the Bible says, it says that he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. It's important about how you prepare to, to begin your day. I kind of stumbled on that a little bit, and you're all just wondering. Let me back up. It's important how we prepare to meet our day. When Rehoboam had established the kingdom, when he had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of God and all of Israel with him. Sad. And it's easier for us to look back and say, Rehoboam, you knew better. But how many times have we gone down the wrong road? How many times have we, in the preparation for our day, in the preparation for our week, in the preparation for our month, our year, take, take that as far as you want to take it, in the preparation, we miss it because we choose not to seek the Lord. It's important. There's power. There's power there. We can come back to the music this morning. Luke chapter 15 is a chapter about lost things. It's the lost sheep in Luke 15, verse 3 and 4. I'll, I'll start in verse 4. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. Verse 8, it's a woman with 10 pieces of silver. She loses one and it says, doesn't she light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? 
Verse 11, it's a lost son. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided unto them those two sons that he had his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. I'll sum up the downward spiral of that boy. It only takes a few words. It's affluence and influence. It's friends and fun until he's broke and then he's friendless, directionless, and hopeless. He's in a physical, spiritual, and an emotional famine, but the Bible does say that he came to himself. All of a sudden, his priorities. God has a way of bringing our priorities. There's power in your priorities. God has a way of bringing our priorities into perspective. Now, that may be someone here this morning. Life's just allowed everything else to be stripped away until it's only the kingdom of God that's left. It's just a trip back to Father's house. And I would like to tell someone this morning, welcome home. Welcome back. Welcome here. This isn't a place of condemnation. This isn't a place to tear people down when they're on the journey home. This is a place of reconciliation, redemption. This is a place where God restores, heals, helps, delivers these altars. That be, that's a place where God does this miracle of redemption. When sin has stripped everything away and made you pay more than you wanted to pay, God says, let me pay the cost of sin. That's what happens in moments in these altars. And so it's easy for us in that chapter to begin to focus on all the lost things, lost sheep, lost coin, lost sons. But if you would for a moment allow me to focus your attention on the searchers as much as it is about the thing that's being sought. It's about the looker as much as it is about the lost. We could take a moment and shift our focus to the shepherd because the focus isn't just on the poor lost bleeding sheep but rather it's on the shepherd that's desperate to find the one lost sheep it's the woman that's desperate to find the one lost coin and it's the son who's desperate for the one lost son to return you say well this the father didn't go seeking well it's because God's showing us the true reach of himself and there are times when God knows we've got to come to the end of ourselves but you can know the heart of the father wasn't one of condemnation it was one of celebration when the son came running home while he was yet a long way off you say he wasn't searching I say he was he was searching the horizon is today the day he was searching the pew. Is today the day? He was searching the heart. Is today the day? Is today the day that they return? You see, the kingdom of heaven is like unto the merchant man, Matthew 13, seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, he had searching, he had been seeking, longing, hunting, 
deliberately turning over every opportunity until he finds the pearl of great price. It says when he finds it, he sold all that he had and he bought it. Someone this morning, your next move, the power of your priorities right there. It's about selling out, not to what the world is calling for your attention and not for the things that the enemy is making you pay. It's about selling out to the kingdom of God because if we seek him first, if we seek him first, the Bible says all of a sudden something powerful happens in our life. Herb Cain, a columnist, he wrote the following statement in the San Francisco Chronicle. He said, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up it knows it must run faster than the fastest lion or it will be killed. Every morning a lion wakes up. It knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. It doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, we all better be running. The the famous past century revivalist preacher Charles Spurgeon wrote this. He said, if you're not seeking the Lord, the devil is seeking you. If you're not seeking the Lord, judgment is right there at your heels. You say, well, I didn't do any running this morning. I'd like to tell you that we're all running this morning. The question is, are we running in the right direction? Are we searching the right thing? Isaiah 55 verse 6 said, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he, he will abundantly pardon. He will. That's the God that we serve this morning. That's the God that we're serving this morning. I wonder if you'd stand together with me. I'm preparing to close. The power of your priorities. You say, seek first the kingdom because the problem is our kingdom is always ready to be built. Anybody like playing with Lego when you were a kid? Man, I, if you look, just one, just one people. It's a multi-million dollar company, but only one in 400 people. <laughs> Billion dollar company. I, I the most rickety. I like to, <clears throat> if I didn't have the right pieces, I would kind of make my own. So by the time I was finished with the Lego set, you know how Lego is one of those things that gets handed down from generation to generation. Well, when my Lego kit was done, it was, <laughs> I still remember having gone in and got one of dad's, <laughs> one of dad's hacksaws because <laughs> had to make that piece fit. One of the green bases, you know, I didn't want it sticking out. I wanted it. Where was I going with all that? Our kingdoms. We all build our own little kingdoms. We have these little priorities and we've got our, we've got, it's it's a lot like Lego. We got these plans for the day and we're going to put this here and that here and and this, I'm going to order this and I'm going to check Amazon for that and I got to do this to the house and looking at this car, I'm looking at, need to get the driveway paved and 
oh, the kids need this, and I want them to have that, and we've got school coming up, we've got preparation, we've got all kinds of, and, and slowly, if we're not careful, we've got our little Lego kingdom all built up, we've got our kingdom, and God's saying, there's a kingdom you've forgotten about. Have you got time for four more verses? I know I've kept you, kept the worship team standing for a few minutes longer than I wanted to. And First things first. You need first things first in your friends, in your foes, and in your finances. Number one, you need friend, <coughs> in your relationship. God gives us priorities. He prioritizes for us. Matthew 5 says, if you got ought with your brother, verse 24, leave thy gift before the altar and go thy way first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift let me tell you how you tear your kingdom down when your kingdom gets torn down when it doesn't matter whether your request when your request for forgiveness may not be reciprocated but the bible says if you got out with a brother you go to him and make leave your gift at the altar go to him. this before worship is even part, you got to make your right relationship with your brother. You say, well, that, that may hurt. That may, that may not be accepted. That uh, doesn't matter. Not your kingdom. You see, what you're doing in that moment, you're saying, well, I'm scared that this part of my little kingdom may not get built up the way that I want it. That may hurt. So God's saying, no, not your kingdom. In my kingdom, we all come on a level, level playing field. So it doesn't matter whether or not your forgiveness is reciprocated or not. Whether your request for forgiveness is reciprocal or not. It doesn't matter. Just go and make it right. It, it... Why? Because something happens when we come in on a level playing field and we're all on the same base. We're all working together. We're all in this together. Something happens because God is the only one that gets elevated. We're all, all on the same level playing field. We're there together. We're all, we're not, no one's above anybody else. We're all here. So priorities, number one, first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer your sheaves for Christ offering. I tell you what else we need to have priorities in. We need to have priorities in defeating our foe. That foe can be the enemy. I, I'd like to defeat some foes this morning. Part of the reason I got you to stand was for this verse exclusively. We're going to pray over it in just a moment. It says that how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. He first bind the strong man. I want to bind some things this morning. Is that all right? Is it all right if we just kind of take authority in the supernatural realm and bind some things that are holding? Come on, it's held some people back for far too long. And I like to bind some things up and then just kind of get rid of them, cast it out. I like what David Smith said, casting the outer darkness. Come on, I like to just bind a few things up this morning. I like to bind depression up so that somebody could have the liberty of the joy of the Holy Ghost in their eye. I like to bind up some sickness this morning because it's held people captive for a little bit too long. I like to bind up some depression and discouragement. I like to bind it. I like to bind the strong man that's got a hold of somebody and just kind of cast him out because God's saying, first bind the strong man and then... Come on, let's pray about it for a moment. I feel that Holy Ghost that we had here just a few minutes ago at work in the room. I, I, I'd like to take authority if somebody would with me by the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody claim the blood of Calvary for a moment in somebody's life. I get a hold of somebody right now and pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, worship. 
table for a moment. Come on, bind every element that there may be. Bind every stronghold. Bind every sickness. Bind every activity of the enemy. Bind it up. Come on, bind it in the name of Jesus. Bind it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Bind it by the power of the blood. Bind it up. You've got authority over it. Release that authority to work in this room. Release that authority to defeat the devil. Release that authority. I speak against diabetes. I speak against arthritis. I speak against heart trouble. I speak against, come on, I speak against cancer right now. You've got no place, no right. I, I speak against illness and infirmity. You may not be named right now, but you know exactly what it is. I pray, I pray a great greater physician would move in the room I pray the authority of that doctor would work in this place right now I pray beyond this room I pray for somebody watching by way of webcast by the power of the name of Jesus we release God's spirit to work right now in a bedroom somewhere in a sick room somewhere in a living room somewhere in a hospital room somewhere come on bind him up bind him up God I pray you'd bind every, God, every element of authority. I pray you'd bind it. God, a stronger man is in the room. A greater one is in the house right now. The power of the Holy Ghost, we release it to work. We release it by the authority of the name of Jesus. If you got the Holy Ghost, I... I wonder if you just intercede for a moment. Some of this, some of this is only bound by intercession. This kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. Someone, your prayer right now is casting something out. Someone, that fasting you did this week that you thought nobody knew anything about. It brought authority in the room this morning. You can't hang on to it. Come on, I, I know it might be a little bit unconventional, but I wonder on the count of three if we just all shout in Jesus' name together. Would that be all right? Would that be all right? I don't know what trouble is in your life I don't know what's erected itself in the midst of your circumstance what kind of come on what kind of idol Nebuchadnezzar's put up in the middle of your circumstance and he's telling everybody you've got to bow down but I've come to tell somebody there's a little bit of a spirit of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego that just moved in the room a few moments ago there's an authority that says oh but if not king this is what we know there's a greater king on a greater throne in this place and we're releasing his authority to work we're releasing his power the fire won't burn us it's just gonna release us one two three in Jesus name in the name of Jesus
We declare deliverance. We declare freedom. We declare liberty. God, we declare a year of jubilee. We declare it. We declare it. It'd be all right if you stepped in the eye. I'm all finished. It'd be all right if you just stepped out and said, I'm taking it by faith. I'm taking it by storm. I'm taking over, devil, my territory, my turf, my family, my city, my community, my future, my mind, my heart, my life. quaker right now in those kingdoms that are not come on these earthly kingdoms the heavenly kingdom has authority the heavenly kingdoms at work the heavenly kingdom 